So hello and welcome to Those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. And this is episode 50. 50, 50 yeah, episode 50, yeah. Which means that we've been doing this for a year. Yeah, I have suffered you <laughs> once a week for a year for a couple of hours to do this. Well, I've had to put up with. All do we that. get? Do I get a medal? I should get, I a, get medal a medal for all that rubbish. All that rubbish I've had to watch. All that like um, cop dramas I've had to watch. All those boring kind uh, of. Do you know what though? I think, I think I have got the better deal out of it because although you gave me a load of rubbish to watch, um, I did watch um, Breaking oh, what, Bad. That was I watched good. all of Breaking Bad. That was yeah. good. Um, Stranger Things was that one of yours? No, yeah, that was somebody yeah, else's. That was, that was mine. That was good. Things, I watched yeah. all of that. Oh no, no, it was somebody else's. Yeah, but I'd already um, seen it. Yeah, and that thing. Um, oh, what's it called? Vinland. 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 That's good. I yeah. got episodes of that still downloaded on my phone. So when I get twenty-five minutes, oh, I, I watched that with the subtitles. See, but I saw I, a couple of episodes on a plane when I went away the other week. Yeah, but what we should do? I'm going to do a. I'm going to do a tally up, right? And I go through the episodes. I'm going to see how many cop dramas I've watched. Right? There was that one in Northern Ireland, wasn't it? That was yeah. rubbish, right? There was that um, the one about the prison with Doctor Who was in it. That was all right, ish, right? There was a, another one. The only good cop drama was that payback one we had the other week. That was good. You know, but we have had some rubbish. But I've quite enjoyed doing it. It's been yeah, I've enjoyed it, really. Yeah, it's been quite good doing the theology. So we've done, we've been through all the Old Testament. We're going through saints now. And we've answered a few questions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been amazing. We've actually stuck to it for a whole year. And now we've even got merch, haven't we? Well, yeah. Yeah, which I am going to do this week, all right? Honestly, right? I've, I've got the picture. You've okayed the picture. This you? time next year, we'll be on our second anniversary, yes. and you'll be saying, and I am going to do the merch. Uh, I am going to do the merch. <laughs> all right, yeah. It's, it's, I have done it, right? I just need to order it now, all right? Well, have you got orders in? I've got one order in, yeah. Well, only one? Well, one, yeah. Right, okay. Well, I've got one or... Well, I've got for four people have asked for it, but right, like okay. one definite order. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it says, Dave, do your own work on the back. All right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that's all right, yeah. So we're going gonna to have different versions. So one is going to be, Dave, do your own work. And uh, the other one could be, Attack on Titan isn't awesome. That would be another one. No, no, we don't want that. Well, it nobody is. wants that. Yeah, they do. No, nobody wants that. Yeah, well, I think about, you know... <laughs> Yeah, spider sense or something. Folly of spider sense. No, we don't want that either. It's not. It's not catchy enough. It doesn't quite work. Well, like Dave, do your own work. Yeah, Dave, do I your own work, work has been a regular theme. It has. Yeah, um, I haven't got a regular theme other than like, you know. No such thing as moral progress. That's what uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, there's no such thing. And I write that down. Yeah, there's no such. Thing. You've done it again, Dave. There's no such thing as moral progress. Yeah. Yeah. I I write that down. Well, it's true. Yeah, well, that's what you keep saying. Well, it, it is. It is. As moral progress, you fall into that all the time. Maybe we could have this bit where it says heroes of the faith. That'd be a bit dodgy, wouldn't it? Be a bit egotistical. What, heroes Those of the faith? Those blokes, heroes of <laughs> the, the faith. faith. Yeah. Not because it's one not segment us. of our show at the moment. But not but. us, is it? Not us. Yeah. So it's been good year. Um, so what are we on about uh, this morning? What are we on about? Oh, I can't remember. What did we talk about? We talked about um, St. David. St. David. Because this goes out on St. David's Day. Oh, yeah. And we fell out about... Yeah, we fell out about... Um, you, you, about a mind. You think, you think that uh, people are thick in the past, don't they? Yeah. 
What I said was, and oh. what you'll hear me say, people, but he wasn't listening, oh. is that there have always been people that are a bit daft. Anyway, yeah. Not okay. all people were always daft, but there have always been people that are daft. So we've gone about St. David, right? Yeah, and, and we talk Mammoth. about Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday as part of our Lent course study sessions. And then a decent programme, which is your pick, which is uh, Manifest. Manifest, eight yeah. Eight to eight with a cheesy, cheesy verse. Yeah. Right, so we're continuing our um, saints, heroes yeah. of the faith, isn't it? So yeah. one of your uh, big heroes again today, isn't it? He's not my big hero, really. Your big hero, your no. people. He's from your people. He's from my people. Yeah. So it's Saint David's Day today when this goes out. So yeah. it's Saint David we're looking at because it's his day. We have had some complaints about the lack of women. We have. We, yeah. We're not very diverse, apparently. Well, we're being we're making our our stint for diversity and inclusion by uh, having lots of blokes. I I think <laughs> I'm of the opinion that we should be more diverse and, and we are diverse. I'll I'll um find find some women that pop up on the dates. And we are we are being diverse. Well, usurp your choices. Well, you could do if you wanted. Yeah. yeah well, I've looked through. Well, it. we just follow the calendar. We have really, and and you've picked out all the blokes. No, not really. It's just been that's just the way it's been. And yeah, I, I wanted okay. to, in fairness, right. I wanted to actually, I think men, things are flipping around a lot now. So, you know, men, it's be good for men to have some good role models. And there aren't many good role models for men around at the moment. So it was actually a conscious choice in that sense. Right, okay. Yeah. Can you think of a good role model for a bloke? Boris? Exactly. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So maybe men are more in need of good role models uh, at the moment, maybe. I, I think know. we lack role models in general that are any good. I think women might have the same problem. but um... Yeah. Yeah. Well, after Easter then, when, when we run out of this current lot, because it does follow a theme. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in the moment, in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at um, the people who brought Christianity to the UK. Yeah. All right. So maybe we could have Ildra Whitby. Yeah. Yeah. We'll drop one of them and have Ildra Whitby. Yeah. Yeah. Her date's in November, but we'll have to. Uh, All right. Well, she's part of the theme then, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Ildra Whitby. She's good. She is. Right. Um, so today we're on about St. David. Do you know anything about David? Dave Coaches? He's the patron saint of Wales. Other than that, um, St. David's is named after him. Yeah. Um, it's that pub, painful pub quiz, this. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> he uh, he converted the heathens in Wales, right, to yeah. Christianity. How but, did he? How did he do that? Well, he bought. He he introduced them to Celtic Christianity. Yeah, and uh, convinced him it was a good idea, and spread the good news of Jesus to them, and gave them a pattern for living. Yeah, well, what he did was he, he founded a monastery, really. Well, he founded David's. several, apparently, several, according yeah. to us. You know, loads of them. Yeah. And he could make the ground grow beneath his feet. Yeah, well, we'll come to the wacky stories yeah. a bit later, but I think uh, there are lots of Celtic saints have some cool well, stories. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, because there always has to be a miracle associated with a saint. That's yeah. the, the part part of the 
getting a sainthood. Yeah, you have to have two have verified miracles. Yeah, yeah. So, so you need one, and sometimes they're a bit wackier than others. Yeah, well, the older ones tend to be wackier, don't they? Because yeah. they're all mixed up in mythology and things yeah. like that, yeah. But, well, we don't actually know a lot about St. David, though, Not do really. We? Because he's from the 6th century, and the only stuff that really started getting written down about him or, or becoming common was in the 11th or the 12th century. So we've got a 500-year gap about so it's not like much scri- of the... Yeah, it's not like Scripture. There's a kind of um, a long gap between the two, isn't there? So yeah. like in the New Testament, it's only like 20, 30 years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is like hundreds of years. But what he did was he, he founded some monasteries in the um, east of... Uh, sorry, the west of Wales. So his mum is St. Non. And she's got her well over in uh, just outside St. David's. Right. And uh, she was um, uh, a noble person, a noble woman from uh, Pembrokeshire, from the kingdom of the kingdom of David. It was then because there was no um, there was no Wales in that sort of sense. Uh, because the the word Welsh comes from the English, which basically means foreigner. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's a name given to us. Uh, it doesn't isn't actually a translator of translation of Cymru, which is the Welsh name for Wales. Oh right. Um, so, um, so you had St. Non, who's his mum, and he founded monasteries in Pembrokeshire going out towards like Mid Wales and things. Yeah. So why do you think he founded monasteries? Why did, why did he just go out as the great individual hero? Why did he do? Well, he wanted to build communities of learning because in effect, that's what monasteries were. It's about learning how to, um, live the faith in your Every day, yeah, um, and so I was that's told, important. I, I was told, right, that that the Christians hated learning and they wanted to get rid of all the learning and they they hated it. So how come these monks were were translating Greek documents and uh, being centres of learning? That's a bit strange, isn't it? That's not what I learned in school. Well, I, I think I was told it was the Christians didn't like. Learning. I, I thought it was that they um they only wanted to learn about what they wanted to learn about. Oh, I was told that. Which they... is funny because that's what everybody does. Well, yeah. They, I mean, once you get beyond your GCSE and you have to learn your subjects for that, you only learn what you want to learn about. Yeah, that's true. And even when you take your options, you know, you still decide what it is you don't want to do anymore. Yeah, I did want to do French. Yeah. Within yeah. reason, I yeah. did French. Did you? Oh, that's okay. one of my many D's. Oh, <laughs> D for Dave. So he centred these these centres of learning. So they were like universities, basically, weren't they? Because the universities come from the monasteries. Don't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. But they, but it's not that you go there for your general certificate of education. No, it is about learning um, how to um, be a practicing person of faith. Yeah, learning about that faith, therefore learning how to embody that faith and grow in the character of God. So they would have learned about their faith, but also as well they would have learned some of the ancient Greek stuff yeah. as well. Well so because they would have that helps. science and stuff and things like that. Or, or ancient science and things like that. Um so they they learned that. But also as well they live together in community. Yeah. And I think that's key as well. It's awful. Live, it is all horrible living in community. Have you have you ever lived in community? No, I don't fancy it at all. It's, it's awful. It's, 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 I don't like people enough. It's 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 brilliant in some ways, but in other ways it is a nightmare because you find out who you are when you live in community. 
Yeah. If you live alone, you can fool yourself. But if you live with in community, uh, it's like you're Elaine. She she tells you who you are, doesn't she? So. I suppose. Yeah. So you find out who you are in yeah, relationship but I, with other I people. I don't, don't want. There are elements of shared identity that I, that I love sharing with other people, but I also don't want shared identity with people I don't like. Well, yeah. That's difficult, isn't it? Well, that's the difference and, with and living the, in community, yeah. And, and and I think when you live in community, not only do you realise what you don't like about other people, but you don't you realise what you don't like about yourself. Exactly. Um, you realise how sinful you are very quickly and how petty and stupid you are. I lived in community for three years when I was training. Nightmare. Yeah, I don't fancy it. You, um, I was lucky I could drive home. Yeah, it's cheating, that is. You kind of had to... Um, you, and I think, though, you do find out who God is by living in community and serving people you don't like. Yeah. So I think it's that community living, uh, living for others together, that you, you learn the faith there in a practical way. Yeah, that's quite an interesting concept, isn't it, really? Well, it's been to serve people that you don't like. Yeah. Because when we look at the example of Christ, he even served those that he didn't agree with. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to like when I lived in community, um, you had to sit next to people that just drove you mad sometimes. Yeah. Because you're with them all the time. So you, there's one guy who used to have this annoying habit of going like that. And he used to drive me mad after about a year. I just wanted to kill him. Because it's just the little things like that drive you mad in community. Yeah. What, you mean all the time? He used to do it like all the time, yeah. Because you'd have like silent breakfast so you could hear it all the time. So you're just like, would you, would you just give over with that? Like, you know. So, But you, you had to be, you were forced to be with people doing things you didn't want to do yeah. all the time. So I hate gardening, so I had to do gardening. Yeah? So it, it teaches you humility. It teaches you to to love those who are annoying. Yeah. And it gives you a real sense of reality and honesty. And I think in the church today, sometimes that's the thing that, that bothers me, that it's missing. That sense of honesty about who they are, how they feel. Like people will say things like, oh, I always love Jesus. And things. you're thinking, really? Do you really always? It's like those... New modern... Yeah, so. how well do you know him? Yeah, I find him really annoying because he's always right. That's just really yeah, annoying. He, he's always right. I don't always like what he's trying to tell me. Yeah. You know, it cost me a fortune. You know, I could have had a decent career. You know, I ended up doing this. You know, that sort of thing. But that's real. And I think you get that sense of reality and honesty and authenticity, really, only by living in community. Yeah. And I think that's what David set up in, in the UK, and that's what drove uh, the mission of the people into Wales, was this community living. And, and, and really, is in those communities, they, they were the hospitals, they were the, um, the hotels. You know, the monks really were the welfare state, really, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, they were the ones who... Uh, who did it in the early days like yeah. that. They, you know, they, they served people. And I think that people saw their lives were different. Yeah. So how, how was uh, Christianity different to the pagan religions which were around at the time, Dave? Do you know? 
Um, no, not exactly. I don't know much about the pagan religions that were in in the UK at the time as such. We don't... Uh, I think our, our system is tainted to believe that we were always Christian. Yeah. Which is a, a you know complete fallacy. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's true, um, actually. Yeah. Or we, we romanticise the old religions. Because we didn't, we didn't really have many gods, though, did we, in the same way as other other nations well, we, we believed in some form of um, higher powers plural but not mm. in the same senses of worship of them as others although we do get the sun worship and, the, and stuff there's like that there's bits of that, that yeah I think it's remain. sort of yeah there's bits of that I think what we got really is, is two responses really is, is either seeing it as kind of uh, sort of devilish, which is silly because it's not like kind of demonic or something, which is silly, and that's that wasn't how he was thought of by David no. at the time or any of that. That's a kind of much later thing, um, or seeing it as some some kind of like kind of ancient hippies sort of thing, you know, seeing it as a kind of kind of uh, wasn't Britain great before Christianity came when everyone was like living in kind of. Uh, this sort of pagan utopia where everybody was lovely and in, in touch with nature and sort of feeling the vibe and all of that, like, you know, that sort of thing. But both of those responses are wrong. Yeah. So what does the reality of what it looked like? Well, there's two things, really, is there's... In Wales, it was, it was different in England because you had the Anglo-Saxon and the um, Viking uh, gods there. But in Wales, it was much more about uh, a kind of magical thing about fairies and things. So it's right. quite similar to um, and like kind of pagan sort of nature. It wasn't the worship of nature. It was the belief that there was a force within nature that controlled the world. So all those old stories about fairies and stuff like that. So it's it's all they're probably the. The one which is nearest it, really, is probably like Japanese Shinto. All right, okay. Just kind of worship of the ancestors as well and things like that. And each thing had a spirit. So St. Non's um, Well, right? Yeah. Which is out just past in St. David's, just outside St. David's. That was like a sacred well. So the idea was that there was a, a sacred force that was within it and there was a spirit that lived in the well. And that's what made the water water. Right. So that's the thing. So each of the, like a tree would have a spirit within the tree that would then make the make the tree grow. So you had to keep on side of the spirits because if you went against the spirits, they didn't like it. So they're just tree huggers then? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like kind of environmental or anything. The Welsh ancestors were a bunch of tree no, huggers. No, that's what we... That's the kind of 90s thing where we... New Age and all that, we wanted to kind of claim that for our claim that but they weren't like that it was kind of almost like they did they they kind of believed in the world was like random so there was no law in the world the world was the way it was because these spirits made it the way it was yeah and that's because they wanted to so there was no law in it and that's the big difference well the monks believed in um law and that the law of the universe was also there's a moral law. You know, that yeah. idea we talked about. Yeah, monks were ordered and law-like life. 
by praying certain times a day, having all these different rules that they would keep and things like that to live a better life. While the, the, the pagans basically was a bit more loose in the sense of like they they just believed in spirits that yeah. were in things because they were. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what happened in the absence of law was the people who were the most powerful got what they wanted. And and that's the way that the world always is. Yeah. Uh, the counterbalance to that is this idea of Christianity with law, is that everybody's under the law. Yeah. That's a fundamentally Christian and Jewish concept. But without the Christian and Jewish world, it's basically the law is made by either by spirits or by powerful people. Yeah. Then do what they want. Yeah. So David wasn't very well thought of by the pagan kings because that was a massive challenge because he told these kings that they were under the law. And they didn't like it. No, well, they wouldn't, would they? No. And that's the big fight in between Christianity and everything else, really. Is this idea that it is a law and everybody's under it and everyone's equal under the law. Yeah. So that's why you were very popular. So, David, um, do you want to say about his miracle with his... Um... Well, he dropped his hanky. Some such thing. He dropped his hanky, apparently, according to one of the the tales. Um, you weren't taught this in school when you were it, a little kid, were you? No, <laughs> and he, no definitely not. Um, I was, yeah. And he was, and he was trying to get a crowd of people to hear him at the time. And, and where he dropped his hanky on the floor, below him grew a mound for him to stand on. And apparently that mound stands to this day, but yes. I don't know where it is. It's in West Wales. If you've been to it. No. I went to St. David's a few years ago when I was staying at Tenby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and went, you know, to the the cathedral there. Yeah, it's nice. And it was, uh, a lot of it was shut because there was filming going on on the, mm. on the night or the next day oh, okay. on the BBC. Um, so they were in my way. Um, but I got nice ice cream just up the road. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's all right, yeah. But, yeah, it's good. Was it was a nice place to visit? So Good that story it. about the hanky and what have you. Then, do you think people in Wales took that literally in the past? Yeah. Do you? Why? Well, because lots of people take lots of stories literally. What in the past? And it's there, so they take it. To, well, I don't know how far in the past, but certainly at some point. That that folklore would have been there. There there would be people who wouldn't believe it, but there would be a good number of people who did believe it. You assume that everybody doesn't believe these things. No, no, no. Or I, I make no assumption on such no, a no, thing. No, no, no. I'm not saying people, people don't believe it. it. What I'm saying is that is that you know you said at the end of it is to this day that moan still stands. Yeah, that's the clue that it's not. It's a mythological story, not a literal story. No, some people might still believe that it grew up where he dropped his hanky. No, they don't. How do you know nobody believes that? Because that's how folk it. tales work. We think that no, people in no, the past... No, no, no. no we no. think people in the you, past were stupid and they believe stupid things. fallen so. into that trap again of assuming that people can tell the difference. There are people that think that, that like EastEnders is real, you know. No, but they wouldn't. That question I'm not wouldn't that. have wouldn't be important to them. They wouldn't. They wouldn't think about it in that way. Before the last couple of hundred years, people wouldn't have thought about it in that way. 
people didn't see the world literally. Then that, how would the story survive? Because the story is about something else. The story is about in a world before in a world before writing. Yeah, you had oral tradition, didn't you? Right. Yeah. So you would use clues in the landscape in order to tell those stories. Right. So the mound exists in order to be the place where it's remembered. And okay. to this day, this is the mound. Da, 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 da. Is this a story about God being with uh, Saint David and him preaching and telling the story of Jesus to but the world? You've undone the miracle now. I am You've taken away the illusion that it might actually have happened. Well, that's the point. You're the so po- cynical. I'm not cynical. That's the point of it. The whole point of it is it, it's, it's because it's got that tell in it at the end, it's not the miracle story. Do you see what I mean? There's a code in the in the language. Right? It that's how you know the type of story it is. Well Yeah, like in in Telford, right? You know, do you know Telford's in Shropshire, right? Well, yeah. well I know of it. Right, yeah. Nobody goes there to visit though, do they? Let's Not be really, fair. No, but the there's there's a there's a, a place there called the Reekin, right? Which is a, a mountain that's on its own. It's just like it's really yeah. weird. There's a plain, right? There's this big hill in the middle of it, right? And what people said was um the 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 reason that the mountain is there is one day a giant was walking towards Shrewsbury and he wanted to destroy Shrewsbury because he didn't like the people in Shrewsbury, right? Right. So he met this cobbler who was coming up to him who had loads of shoes with holes in. And the giant said to the cobbler, how far is it to Shrewsbury? And the cobbler said, oh, it's so far, I've worn out all these shoes walking from there. So the giant was so annoyed because it was so far to walk, he couldn't be bothered, so he lost his temper, and he picked up a big pile of uh, earth and threw it onto the ground, and that's, to this day, you can see it in the Reekin. <sighs> yeah? But it's not the same story, is it? But it's the same type of story. Mm. Yeah. There's piles of stories like uh, that in the Old Testament, didn't it? To this day, you can see blah, blah, blah. Well, to this day, they haven't found Moses either. Well, exactly. To this day, you can see Lot's wife is a, is a, and all these sorts of other things. All folk stories have that. The Mabinogion is full of them. Mabinogion's a... a, a, but, a but that's uh, not what you asked me. You asked me if I thought people had believed it, and I reckon but, a lot of people would have believed it. No. Because people weren't daft. They knew it was a folk story. People have always been daft. Now, that, that, that there, right, we'll finish daft this. Daft people there, have always been daft. No, that there is, that is a typical elitist sort of modern thing of we're the grown-ups in the room, we know better, these people were dumb. I'm I not saying that so. everybody was, but daft no. people have always been daft and daft people exist. Anyway, so King, uh, not King David, St. David's a great guy. He did all yeah, these King David things. was different. King David's he, a different he, bloke. He had much less great and much yeah. more great all at the same time. All at the same time. So that's uh, St. David. Next week we're on about another uh, Christian. Well, should we do Hilda next week then, yeah? Yeah, all right. We'll all do right, Hilda we'll next do week. We'll do Hilda next week. Okay, Hilda the Whitby. Uh, proof that women have always been important, and that uh, the concept of patriarchy is nonsense. Okay, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Do you know anything about Hildred Whitby? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Do you? A bit. So you don't have to do homework, then? Um, I'll still do a bit of homework. Bit of homework. Okay. So in a minute, we're going to be talking for dates and stuff. Yeah, and other key players. Yeah. So in a minute, we'll be talking about um, uh, Palm Sunday, innit? 
So thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. I am doing the merch. You can have... Uh, we've got two choices, really, so far. We've got Dave, do your own work. You can have that on it. Or you can have There's No Such Thing As Moral Progress, which is my catchphrase. So I think I've got a more intellectual catchphrase, haven't I, really? Well, you definitely have, haven't That's you? really good. To I be like honest, that. both of those come out of your mouth, don't they? Oh, <laughs> Dave, do, do your, your own, own work. work. And There's No Such Thing <laughs> As Moral progress. progress. Yeah. All right, fair enough, then. Um, up a gas edge you could have for you as in or something like that but yeah so please uh, put your orders in send an email to me it's in the thing and I'll I'll get a hoodie ordered for you or a mug or whatever and uh, don't forget to subscribe and comment we've had some nice comments recently um, comment and uh, hope you enjoy it well so we're still, we're still arguing about that St. David thing. Are we meant to be on the next section? Well, I'm on the next section. You're the one who pressed <sighs> record. Yeah, anyway. Right, okay. So Palm Sunday, right? Yeah, Palm Sunday. Are we going Do you the... think that existed? Yeah. All right, okay. Just okay, checking. Okay, it's not the same type of story, okay? Right, all right. So it's just ridiculous. Anyway, so on the Palm Sunday, we're talking about, in the Lent course, we're talking about how we can imagine ourselves into the story of Palm Sunday. So do you want to tell us what happened on Palm Sunday, Dave? Yeah. All right? Yeah, happy to. Um, You know this story. I know this story, yeah. Jesus sent two of his disciples to go fetch him, what depends on whose account you read, um, a donkey or a colt or possibly both, Yeah. um, depending on whose account you read. and he told them that if they get challenged to say that the Lord needs it, and off they went to fetch this animal, and um, and they were challenged, and they said the Lord needs it, so they went, all right, carry on then. Um, and so he went into, um, so that was in Bethsaida that they collected that, which is the um, uh, the neighboring it's, um... the neighboring village to Bethany. Oh, right. I thought Bethsaida was a games company that, that made Skyrim and, uh, oh, I don't know and them. Fallout 4 and all of that. No, I don't know them. All right, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> they are the big uh, video game developer. So Bethsaida, you've got these yeah. two villages that run into each other, much like um, Chip and Sobri and Yate or, yeah. or, or um, yeah. Frampton, Cottrell and Culpit Heath, you know, or Winterbourne and Winterbourne Down, depending on where you're listening or wherever your local two villages that are only marginally separated are. Um, and it's about two miles up the hill from Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus comes into this village where he's already known because his friends, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, um, live there. And he's already raised Lazarus from the dead. He did that um, just before, So, so, So they're, yeah. they're well aware of him. He's, yeah. he's a hero to the people there because he raised Lazarus from the dead, as well as having made some cameo appearances there previously <laughs> cameo appearances <laughs> and yes. um, so he's well known so they welcome him in and they they put their coats on the floor they rip palm branches from the palm trees they put those on the floor and they they hosanna hosanna to the son of david you know they celebrate this this celebrity coming through yeah their town. 
Um, and there's rumor that he's the hero. He he can raise people from the dead, and so therefore he can overthrow the Romans too. So what does it mean? Blessed is he who comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. What's the significance of David there? Well, David is the great king of the past, and because right. he's he's of David's line, yeah. that's what gives credence to his importance. But the people there wouldn't have known he was of David's line or anything. What 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 does? Oh, that's an interesting point. What mythologically does David represent to the people of Israel? Can you think of a British equivalent to that? A British equivalent to to, to, to king, king David? David yeah. No. King Arthur. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw that in the course that you wrote, but actually, King Arthur is is a King Arthur is a anglicized, well, a Celticized, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but version of King David. That's folklore, isn't it? Whereas King David as reality. Well, I think there is a reality with King Arthur somewhere. There would have been a king who was King Arthur at some point. Well, there's no real evidence of it. There's not a lot of evidence for King David either. There's, well, there was as far as the Jewish people were concerned. Yeah, but what I mean is, it, again, we're going to get back into that same argument now about that. But it's just but King King Arthur is the the idealized king, isn't he? That we understand as a good king, isn't it? Right. You well, I don't English. know. To me, it's, it's it was, hard work. With the it English, was just you know? a nice story to me. It's hard work with the English, but he's sort of. It, you it, believed it, it happened anyway. No, never mind. No, but he's part of. He's part of the whole thing where David is returning, right? I don't. David is returning. Who is the great king who's going to restore Israel's former glory? Make Israel great again. Yeah. That's well, I is. get the emphasis yeah. of the fact he's making Israel great again. Yeah. Um. But whether or not the Jews view David as folklore or reality... I don't think they would have asked the question. No, they probably wouldn't. No. Um, I mean, that, that, that's a very post-18th century question. People didn't ask that question before. They weren't interested in that question. The Jews in first century Palestine certainly weren't interested. In no, that all right. Question. So yeah. fair enough. Um, anyway, so he's the great hero coming through. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that they then go down with him to Jerusalem, chant, chanting and cheering all the way in. Mm. And uh, then when they get to Jerusalem, nothing really happens. Yeah, he looks around the temple courts, and it was late, so he went home. So he, so he went back up to Bethany. <laughs> And he probably went to Mary and Martha's house, I would have thought, had a bit of dinner and had an early night. Yeah, so he he had this big thing of Hosanna to the son of David. David is coming to restore Israel. And then he just looks around the temple and goes home. One of the questions (laughs) there is what would the mood have been like? What would would the expectation be on that two-mile trip Mm. into Jerusalem from Bethany? Yeah, you know, and in reality, people are 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 hyped up to think that Jesus is going to go down there, and all of a sudden, boom, off go the Romans because he can work miracles, so mm. he can just get rid of you know he doesn't need an army, no, because he's so powerful that he can do it. He's going to, in fact, if he does need an army, great, we're it, we're we're mm. walking with him, so. Those palm branches probably would have been replaced by sticks and clubs on the way down. And they would have been terrorists. Probably stones. But the the zealots would have been in Jerusalem because Jesus Barabbas 
had only just been arrested yeah. in the rebellion, isn't it? So they would have well, been that's two weeks' time. Don't ruin the two no, weeks' time. No, no, no. But Jesus Barabbas had yeah. just been been arrested and that. So they would have been uh, zealots. Would have had weapons of some description in. It, yeah, but they weren't interested, were they? Well, they might when have been they got in to someone... Ju- when they got to Jerusalem, it all fizzled away. Yeah, and he's and they were like, "Oh, well, let's go home then." Well, the question. Well, the question with it really is, who would you be in Holy Week? That's yeah. the question we're looking at. So when we looked at it, we're thinking about the people coming in. You've already the obvious one is you'd be the person who'd be hyped up and wanting it to. Have happen. you ever? Did you ever see the Queen? No. Okay. When I worked in an insurance office in Bath, yeah, um, I volunteered to be the person to stay in the office to save locking it all up, right. and to answer the phone and um, whatever else. So I obviously put all the phone lines on hold and didn't answer any of them. Yeah, because um, am I going to be the only one doing it? Was the Queen's girl? Oh, they all went to see the Queen, and they all went to see the Queen down yeah. at Queen Square in Bath. And she was coming by in a car anyway. I'd already looked at the procession route, and she was coming straight past the office. So I thought I'd just look at, look out the window. Yeah. And um, and I think that if I were in the story of of Palm Sunday, yeah. I'd do the same thing that I did when the Queen went by. You wouldn't be. Bothered I wouldn't be bothered to go join the procession. I might have a look at it from afar as it went by. I might even <laughs> might even walk up to the road and like. Yeah. As he went by, and then I'd go home and have my dinner. Um, I, I just a lot of people said no. I'd be when I, I did it. A lot of people when when I've done the course have said they'd, they'd be like from the sidelines just watching. Yeah, because they wouldn't they wouldn't want to believe in it. Well, and and, and it's the it's the bit of we don't necessarily feel like we want to be caught up in in negative stuff. And although we paint this picture of what happened on Palm Sunday in a very positive way, that's probably not a reality in the hearts and minds of those going down from Bethany to Jerusalem. Yeah, for some people it would have been quite scary. It it would have been a bit like, I know I was saying uh, a few months ago, I went down to uh, see Alan Wynn's final game, Wales versus Barbarians. Yeah. And it was a Saturday in a major city. There was one of them Palestinian yeah. protest things going on, which is funny because in Wales match day, I think people were much more interested in Wales playing rugby than they were in Palestine, to be fair, because that's who we are. But a lot of people watching it were uncomfortable, not because of what it was specifically in the sense of to do with Palestine or whatever. It's just because it was a crowd of people shouting. Yeah. So some people are attracted to that. Yeah. While other people are just like, well, uh, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't, and that's what yeah. you say, that, I'm not, oh, that might turn a bit. Uh, and, our, and our historical view of it is that it's all very positive and nice and jolly. Mm. Uh, and, and that's certainly not going to be the reality because they want somebody to come and kick the Romans out. Yeah, yeah. It was they the want Barabbas. They don't they, want of Nazareth. They want. No. Barabbas. Well, that's what the shout means. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. It is not about it's saying this is the king but, who's come back. This yeah, is... and their history is mm. such that that those who have really challenged the oppressive powers have in some way overpowered them. Yeah. Well, it's that's the... what they. That's 
what their history tells them is the reality of who they are. Yeah, and 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 you've got the Maccabean who were the terror. Well, they're terror. They were the rebels in between the two Old and New yeah. Testaments. So there's a long history of rebellion against these oppressive powers. Yeah, the thing is, they've been under foreign rule for like three hundred years. Yeah. So you know, and the Romans weren't nice guys. No. So, and as well, so the question: Who would you be in that moment? Um, a lot of people said they wouldn't want to be involved. Uh, but the other thing is as well is that people who were involved, they would be very, very disappointed when he didn't turn out to be the person they want. He's not the god they were looking for. Yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. You don't get that, yeah. No. Oh. It's from Star Wars. I've seen some of the Star Wars films. It's in the beginning. They're when, for kids, aren't they? So I've seen them for a long time. It's not for kids. There's that bit when when Obi Wan Kenobi the, the stormtroopers come up and he says to the he says to the stormtroopers he uses his Jedi mind trick and he goes these are not the droids you're looking for, right? If he's famous, so. yeah. Anyway, okay, so he's not the king they're looking for, yeah. It, certainly yeah. not. No, they're not the god they wanted. No, there's a, certainly an element of dis disappointment when he says, "All right, nice to walk with you. I'm off to see the <laughs> temple and I'll be back up in a minute." Yeah, they're like, "What? What's all that about?" Yeah. But um, the other thing that we mentioned in the course as well is about how does we talked about the servant king about the song in Philippians, which is the servant yeah. king song, which is the oldest song in scripture, isn't it? Well, it's the oldest Christian song, isn't it? It's older, yeah. older than scripture. And um, how does Jesus show that he is the servant king on Palm Sunday? Well. He shows he's not a conventional king because he's not on a stallion for a start. Yeah, he's on he's on a donkey or a colt, as in something that's never been ridden before. That you stick the lowest of the low on because yeah. there's a good chance they're going to get hurt. Um, you know, it's it's that element that um, it's a bit of a joke, really, in lots of ways, isn't it? That this great king comes in riding on a donkey. But the, the crowd don't listen. That's the weird thing, isn't it? Is that he, he shows that he is a humble person by coming in on the foal of a donkey. Yeah. He, his entourage is a bit ragtag, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got, like, you know, really dodgy people with him, right? People he wouldn't want to bother with, like Matthew. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got a the, really... The, the despised in lots of senses, yeah, you know. Yeah, So all the people who are with him are people who are on the outside of society, aren't they, for various yeah. different reasons. Either they're poor, maybe they're prostitutes, maybe they're uh, women with a history of mental illness with yeah. Mary Magdalene. Um, the poor, the rich, corrupt people like Matthew. All these other things, yeah. you know. Um, but the crowd don't get it, do they? No. No, they don't get it. Even though he arrives on a donkey, they still go, oh, he's going to be this great military leader. But do you think that's, that's why Jesus was so keen to to keep the messianic, the messianic secret? Yeah. Why he didn't want everyone to know? Because they get too high too soon. Do you want to say that okay, is, so right? every time Jesus did anything miraculous, he'd give it the, but don't tell anyone bit. Yeah. But don't tell it. So he'd cast out demons, but don't tell anyone. Um, but they all did. He'd, he'd they? heal the heal the illnesses and say, but don't tell anyone. And, and and there was all this element that people that he didn't want people to know what he could do. Um, but obviously, 
the reality is he needed enough time to do those things in order for it to have a have an impact that he actually died. Yeah. Because otherwise he'd have been killed sooner and, and, and it wouldn't have had the same. Yeah, so it's there to stop him sort of... Like, there's a few times, there's one bit, I forgot, I think it's after the um, feeding the 5,000 or something, they try and take him off to make him king, don't they? And things like that. So the people do try and make him king beforehand. Yeah. So he's trying to play that with the messianic by keeping things quiet because he says, don't tell anybody, and then everyone tells everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... But even though people just don't... Even though he does this when he comes in on a donkey, he's got the wrong type of people with him, people just project their, what they want Jesus to be onto him, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah, they have hopes and expectations. They have dreams. They mm. have... Um, Make Israel great again. Yeah. They want him to they be... can't turn it into an acronym, or can you? You can't do, you can't do it as MAGA, can you? You can't do... Uh, Make Israel great again, you know. No, and you that. need to be careful as you say that now as well. People oh. will snip that out and oh, use it against you. Yeah, well, they can do one. Yeah, they, they yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. the context is nothing. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, that was what they wanted. That's what they thought that was going to happen. That's what they genuinely believed was was what Jesus was all about. What he was building up to. Why why he was there. And what we do on the Palm Sunday services, we we stand outside church and wave palms and things, and we shout Hosanna to get involved in that so that we are recreating that so we can feel part of it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's this sort of recreating the event so we get to shout Hosanna, and then we read the Passion, which is Jesus' death, where we then shout crucify him, crucify him, because the... The crowd turns from celebrating him as a hero to making him a, a zero. He does it? go from hero to zero, but he goes to hero to zero on the arrival at Jerusalem when they pack up and go home. Do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not keen on the preaching that it's the same crowd that are in the that are there in front of Pilate. There's no evidence of that. Well, it's just a crowd of people. It's a crowd it? of people, people, but this is a crowd of people uh, there that come from the village of Bethany. The people in Jerusalem on that day are from all over the place. Um, so even if, imagine 2,000 people come with him from Bethany, right? Yeah. Which is probably more than the population of those two villages. Say, that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, but on that day, it's going to be 10, 15 times that many. Maybe. Um they are yeah. shouting crucify him. So they might have been in the crowd, but we don't know that they'd be we they probably wouldn't have had the bottle to not shout it. Um but that's but the point, they might quiet. It, that's the point. Is it within us is the per- same person who shouts Hosanna is the same person who shouts crucify him. That's in us. Well we're that's one, in humanity. We're wonderfully and fearfully made, aren't we? Yeah. Um and that fear is is there. It's difficult to go against the crowd. Yeah. So you go with the crowd on Palm Sunday, and you go with the crowd on Good Friday, but it's not necessarily the same, maybe, all the same crowd you're with. Yeah, but maybe as well, part of the crowd is part of the crowd which is shouting Hosanna, and it's part of the crowd that shouts, Yeah, crucify him, crucify him. The majority of the crowd might have been just bystanders, sort of just being there. Well, they're in not, for a festival, aren't they? Well, they're not, don't want to get involved, don't want to no. bother, that sort of thing, don't want to bother seeing the Queen. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, that's that's 
But that's the other, the bystander effect, isn't it? Is that human beings will naturally be bystanders. We won't get involved in things. It's very unusual for a human being to get involved in things, whatever they are. Yeah. We, we naturally just freeze. So we see that on like the tube and stuff, isn't it? If there's a fight on the tube, people don't get involved, do they? Generally, no. If there's a if there's an argument, people stand back from it, don't they? Generally. Yeah, except when there's a fight at school. Then they all gather around <laughs> and go, fight, 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 fight. fight, fight, fight. Yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and then the teacher jumps in and shows you a bunch of animals. I yeah. remember that. We used to do all that. So um, that's this week with Palm Sunday. What we're trying to do with it is not analyse it as a historical narrative, but enter into it emotionally to ask ourselves the question, who would I be? What would my reaction be? What would my reaction be? How would I be? I think I probably, I think when I was younger, I would have got involved. But now I'm older, I would have stood back and gone, "Eh, let's check this out, see what happens first. Yeah. I think that's what I would have done. And I would have been disappointed that he did. He wasn't the king I wanted him to be. I would have been quite annoyed about that, actually. Yeah, well, that was the interesting part about the session, wasn't it? Um, starting with, if you could meet anybody, who would it be? Yeah. I, and I said it can't be Jesus, and I'd rather it was somebody who's alive. Um, yeah. So then they, you know, and then I said, just imagine if they were disappointing once you'd met them. Yeah. Because most people are. Exactly. Including Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Well, because he's not the he's not the droid you're looking. For. I'm not disappointed in <laughs> Jesus, but uh, I would have been on that day. Yeah, he's not. They're not the droids you're looking for for the nerds out there. You're listening to those vicar blokes. Don't forget to ki- click like or subscribe. Um, don't forget to leave comments on Substack and share us with your friends. Thanks very much to one of our regular listeners who has now got us a listening congregation in Wales. So that's nice. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, we got yeah, we've we've spread out. We're international. Oh, in Wales. Well, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, that's, so that's good. good. We've made it 19 miles and crossed a bridge. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Get the word got, out there. Share it with your friends, and you never know—they might even like it. Yeah. Well, we got Lee Bar. I've got Lee Barnes and the diocese coming around in a minute. I might get him listening. Get him to know. have a listen. That yeah. Would be a good idea. See what happens. So for our, our telly this week, we watched Manifest. Manifest. Yeah. It was quite good. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, though. But season one's she, on it. And season, season one four, and season four, and season two and three are nowhere to be found. They are. You can buy them on Amazon. Can you buy them on? You Amazon? can buy them on Amazon, but like that's quite expensive to buy a series on Amazon. Well, yeah. Why are they on Netflix? Anyway? I don't know. If we wait long enough, they'll come back. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, but I thought it was quite good actually. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm about six episodes in, I think. I've only done two. I have. I mean, the trouble is, I'm I'm I've got obsessed with the traitors. Yeah, but that's yeah. finished. No, I've watched the British Traitors both seasons, right? Yeah, right. I watched the Australian Traitors, right? It's really funny that is, right? Because one of the contestants looks like The Rock, you know, right. Don the Rock Johnson. Yeah. yeah, this this person looks like The Rock. It's really funny. And I've watched the American one, and now I'm on the second season of Australian Traitors. Oh dear! So we've all got obsessed with the Traitors. It's great. 
Right, okay. So I've been, so I had to make an effort to watch this manifest because I've been busy watching Traitors. And Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. No, I've not seen that. Oh, it's brilliant, that is. Anyway, so you're watching bits of that. But anyway, back to Manifest, not Traitors. Is, um, yeah, so do you want to say what happens in it, Dave? Um, yeah, so you start off with this family. You've got a brother and a sister. Um, a bloke's just asked the, the sister to marry her, marry him even. Um, the bloke's got a child with um, some form of cancer. Um, and a, a twin daughter as well That's to go it, with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're waiting in the Caribbean for a flight back, for their flight back, and it gets delayed. And then they come on the tannoy to say that the flight's overbooked. And if there are some volunteers, we'll give you $400 to get the next flight. So the brother and the sister decide they're going to get the next flight. The young child with cancer stays with them. And the later flight is coming back and it gets what they think is some extreme turbulence. The lights go out, this, that, and the other pilots on the thing are really sorry about that. Seems that we had some weather that wasn't on the radar, you know, like thunderstorm or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then when he puts in his call sign to land, they're like, what? What's the call sign? Flight eight to flight to eight to eight. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't MH828, was it? Because I think I put that in my head because that was... um, No. It it was MH that went missing, wasn't it? The plane that went missing a few years back. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. So anyway, they make him go to a different airport and then they're met by um, the National Security Agency and and all sorts of law enforcement because the plane had been missing for five years. Yeah. So they've lost five years of their lives and they haven't changed and they've just landed expecting everything to be normal, you know. And when the when it says you can now use your mobile phones bit, they've got no signal, no service, you yeah, know. It's like, what? Contractable, yeah, it's they all <laughs> unpaid bills, man. <laughs> unpaid bills, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so they 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 they've lost these five and a half years and then they sort of go back into their normal lives to some extent. Apart from the fact that the people that they were involved with have moved on, yeah, and and their mums died as well. Their mums died, like, and a lot of the couples have they've moved on, so they've got new partners yeah. and stuff and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's just complicated. It is complicated, but then what happens is all of these people are drawn back. Not all of them, lots of them are drawn back together, and really weird stuff starts happening, and they hear voices and seem directed to um, start to do good. Yeah. And there's a verse that is used by the mother who's, who doesn't, who's not alive by the time that they make it back from Romans 8, 28. Yeah. Um, that she has in her purse or something, doesn't she? She, she shows purse. it. Because yeah. we talked the other week and I said to you, have you never carried a Bible verse around with you in any Jeez. way? And you were like, no, I never have. And I told you I did... Um, Psalm 23, verse 6. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden, we're seeing it on the telly that somebody else is doing it. And cheesy, I'm like, oh, cheesy, I'll say to him, not it happens. Cheesy American um, thing to do that. But yeah. anyway, when they get back, it's sewn onto a pillow and she reads it. She's all oh, that cheesy verse. Yeah. Um, but um, what's the cheesy verse again? Romans 8 28. Um, God makes all things work together for good. I don't like that, though. 
God makes all things work together. Yeah, I, I don't like this sort of verse thing where they, they take a verse out of context and just say, oh, well, everything will be okay, really. Yeah, but that's right before that bit that we use it. Funerals and last rites. Yeah, 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 nothing can separate us from the love of yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't. But but the emphasis of this particular thing is that these things are starting to work together for good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's and the and idea. there's good things that are happening, and although they might misinterpret what's being said every now and again, um, yeah, that they're becoming the effective people at. Because they're listening to yeah, I, I I get what it is. I just I just find that a bit difficult sometimes because if you're in a bad place, that seems a bit of a trite thing to say to people. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you know oh, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't want to give all the story away, but no. but but the son is somehow connected to that man, isn't he? Have you seen that bit? Yeah, Are you that yeah, far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the, the stuff that's happening to that man is not for good, is it? No. Is is evil, but I think the thing is with it. I think that's why, it, in fairness to the program, it does work with the complexities around that. Because I think what Paul is saying in it is that eventually things will be all be good, but you've got to go through yeah. the birth pangs. Well, we talked last you know? week about goodies and baddies in the yeah. in the Lent course, and in this one, there's a guy that you think's a baddie, and I don't want to give the story away. Yeah, but he's not. Ah. Okay. Um, or at least not at this point. I haven't. Uh, but I've not seen all four series, so. But what I did like about it was this idea of calling, where they hear this voice, which is their own voice, which compels them to do things, and I think that resonated with me really with how how God works in ministry and how God yeah. works in life. Have you? Do you know Spider Man? Right. Yeah. You should have seen his face and he pulled this like, oh no, this is going to be a nerdy thing. Oh, I'm thinking, am I meant to have seen every Spider-Man thing ever made? Because I haven't. No, but you're aware of the Well, I'm aware of the concept, yeah. Spider-Man, right? Yeah, I remember it from my childhood. Right, okay. Anyway, so in Spider-Man, right, he's got a spider sense, hasn't he? Yeah. Right, when danger's around. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of things work in ministry sometimes. We have a kind of spider sense. Yeah. Right? Where you you working on instinct really, and and when you have those those voices to say go and visit so and so, go and see so and so, go and do so and so, go and do this, go and do that. I know. Well, I will. I always credit the Holy Spirit with those things. I think that's true. Yeah, and I think that's what I call my spider sense. Yeah. You know, so my spider sense told me that you know you should go and do whatever. Yeah. And I think that is a, a lived reality for. For me and and for you as well, yeah. isn't it? In our life, you know, we yeah. are compelled, and I think if you're tuned into the into that um, into the Holy Spirit, then you can live in that way. And I think that's the hardest thing, really. I think the the Holy Spirit's always on transmit, but yeah. our receiver's always a bit dicey in it, really. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, is anyway. we don't always understand what it's telling us. No, um, um. Uh, and we're seeing in this series um, that actually you need to learn how to um, use that. Yeah. And and um, but I think that's the essence. and allow it to control you appropriately. And I think that's the essence, though, of um, the Christian life, isn't it? Is that's what prayer is about in a large part? Is about listening to and attuning ourselves to the message of the Spirit. Yeah. 
And I think that's it's only through prayer and through devotion towards Christ that we can actually interpret that in the way that God wants us to interpret yeah. it. And I think a lot of it is a bit like in the program, it's going with your gut sometimes in, in actually you know, there's this bit in the first couple of episodes where uh, I think it's in the first one where these kids have gone missing yeah. and they're told, release me, release me. Yeah, and they, and they let the dogs go. They think the dogs, they think it's the dogs. So they let the dogs out. And then it's not the dogs because behind the dogs in this container is these two kids who've been kidnapped, yeah. isn't it? And I think that is the way that God works. And you see that in scripture a lot where people misunderstand what Jesus is saying. Uh, they misunderstand what's going on. Yeah. But they do it anyway, and then things work out on the second and third try. Yeah. And I think in that way, it is very, very biblical, isn't it? Yeah. So Yeah, I, yeah. It is, it's obviously deliberately got a biblical narrative, hence the fact it gives us a Bible quote that it, and it's called that manifest, it, that it associates it? to. It, yeah. yeah, but you get a, a passenger manifest, manifest don't yeah. you? So it's a bit of a... So but but eight twenty eight keeps coming up, doesn't it? Like yeah. the alarm clock showed eight twenty eight, and and it's like it that. Like, it's like those nineteen seventies horror films, you know, where there was a theme of them where they'd investigate something scientifically, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, get what the person what what it was, and in the end, yeah. it turned out to be a demon, you know, because it was real all along, you know. And it's that thing. Uh, Battlestar Galactica was like that, where the the whole point of the story was that the ancient texts were right all along, and but they had all this technology, yeah. so they dismissed it, so they yeah. didn't follow it. And but in the end, then when they followed it, they found that it was true. Yeah, yeah. You must have seen Battlestar Galactica. Don't remember it. Oh, Dave. Yeah, but you're a proper it's, nerd. Just you know, proper nerd stuff, like yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not interested in your nerdy rubbish. Uh, anyway, okay. Battlestar Galactica is cool. Um, so next, you've got time. a funny idea of what cool it's is, good. but anyway, it's good. Um, so next time we're on about uh, Maundy Thursday we're on about Hilda of Whitby and what's the telly I'm picking the telly you're it? picking the telly yeah curb your enthusiasm curb your enthusiasm it's on now have we got well, now well I'll we try well what channel's it really on because now it's all oh, different it's channels Sky. It? it's on Sky well I got Sky yeah it'd be on Sky I got the basic Sky package yeah just watch any episode of curb your enthusiasm curb your enthusiasm it's right. with Larry David it is Right, okay. It's only I'll 30 watch. minutes. I'll try and curb my... So that one goes... It's brilliant. Anyway, it's time yeah. that we warned people that the dreadful music's coming. Uh, I'm going to get rid of the dreadful music because Mike has complained about it so much. Several times, yeah. yeah but I what... told him that I'd have a go at you for it. It's so. not dreadful music. It's the theme from Attack on Titan. Oh, no he, no, he said this to me. He said that he said to you it was dreadful when you covered for me up at what Yeah. I had four services and you were yeah, faffing yeah, about yeah. doing just one. Yeah. Um, he said that he said to you it was dreadful and that he then had to listen to you telling him where it's from. And he said to say that he doesn't care where it's from. It's not very good. Attack on Titan is you know, awesome. No, no, no. The music's not very good. It's a brilliant so track. Changed. It's brilliant track. So we'll put a different track in. Okay. But it is Attack on Titan is awesome. 